Amen. And 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Let's read it out loud together. You see it's on the screen or you can read it in your digital device or your Bible. Let's read it out loud together. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. Folks, we we can waste a lot of energy trying to change those things that the Bible says about us. Uh, Don't don't try to change your peculiarity to this world. Boy, that's a big one. Stumble over. Hey, thought I was fixing to break into the spirit of tongues there for a minute. Going to need somebody to interpret uh, you know, in, in this world where we're, religion is trying to get less peculiar, the Lord says you're a peculiar people. You're not like everybody else. And I will tell you why we're not like everybody else. It's not because of us. It's because of the Lord. And the more you serve the Lord, you don't think like the world. You don't respond like the world. You don't fret like the world. You're not anxious like the world. You don't sorrow as those that have no hope like the world. Now, if the world looks at us and says, well, they're the same as I am, they still got the same fears, they're still, uh, you know, they can't, they can't sleep at night and they can't stay awake at work and they fret and complain and talk about their work co-workers and they gripe about life and they say, well, why do I want that? I've already got that. We're peculiar in that we've got the joy of the Lord. It, it is our strength. We've, got, we've been brought out of darkness into marvelous light. But I want to focus and talk about this divine plan in one particular area here in 1 Peter 2 and 9, your chosen generation. Everybody say a royal priesthood. Would you say this with me? I am a royal priest. Say it once again. I am a royal priest. Now, how many of you sometimes feel like a princess? Brother Homer, thank you for raising your hand. Brother Homer sometimes feels... How many feel like you're royal sometimes? You're royalty. You need to be treated like royal. How many of you live in a house with somebody that thinks they're royal? Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. Get a little closer to home now. Turn to your neighbor and tell them before you're seated, I'm a royal priest. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Uh, let's deal with this God's divine plan. And in the way we're going to deal with it tonight is that God has a purpose for all of us. And I think it's very important we understand who we are. We heard somewhat about that Sunday, uh, not only in our Sunday school hour, but also in our main service. I'm glad I'm forgiven. And that's a done deal. And I'm thankful that I'm delivered. Fact of the matter, uh, I'd like to, I wouldn't have termed it in this way. I probably should have, but I didn't term it this way Sunday morning, but I will with you saints of God who have gone on from the milk and now you're on the meat of the Word. I'll say this to you. If you're in a prison, if you're bound, if you're in a jail spiritually, you're in a prison that has no doors on it. That's the fact. You have been delivered. You have to accept by faith that deliverance. Amen. And faith without works is dead. Absolutely. So this I'm bound and I can't get loose, that's the lie of the devil. Jesus came out of hell with the keys. <laughs> Amen. He's, been, he's victorious. And, and the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. We're going to read this in a minute. We're joint heirs with Christ. Everything Christ won, I have. Uh, Somebody ought to praise the Lord for that. Amen. I'm a royal priest. Now, let's talk about priests. Everybody say priest. When I use that term, I'm sure there are things that are conjured up in your mind. When we talk about priests, we immediately go to the tabernacle and we start thinking about priestly duties. We uh, think about priests that we remember their names. Anybody remember the name of a priest in the Bible? Aaron would be one of them. And uh, we, we find uh, they had, uh, the, the Levites were a priestly tribe. Uh, th- there is a group of people in the Bible known as priests, right? And, and that group of people who have been, they, they are a group 
that have been separated from worldly things or earthly things and are devoted solely in the Word of God when it mentions priests to the ministry of God or to God, to serve God. Everybody say to serve God, to serve God. That their, their lives were wholly devoted to serve God. They had no other vocation. They had no other profession. They didn't farm. They didn't run cows. They didn't break horses. They served the Lord. That's what their entire life was dedicated to. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, I am a royal priest. I am a royal priest. Uh, There were priests from the book of Genesis all the way to the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels. You say, well, you know, Exodus is when the Lord brought the children of Israel out and he instituted the tabernacle plan and and that's when Aaron was given the priesthood and and, uh, all of that stuff. And so then we started seeing a little more definition of priests. But there were priests, there was a priest mentioned in Genesis and his name was Melchizedek. And the Bible says he was the king of a place. Anybody remember what the king, he was the king of the place? You should know. He was the king of Salem. You didn't know Salem was in the Bible, did you? There's all kinds of cities that, that make claim to their blessed, but we can make claim we're in the Bible. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I am a royal priest. I just want Joyce to leave here tonight saying, I'm a princess. <laughs> Amen. There were priests in Genesis and all the way, like I said, to the Gospels in the age of the church. Uh, in the age of the church, in this day and after the book of Acts. Uh, you know, obviously the priesthood in the Old Testament and their function, uh, we see uh, a, a diminishing of that. In fact, we see when Jesus is crucified, the veil is rent in two. Amen? But some people feel like the priesthood is no longer in effect, but in the age of the church, uh, Peter says the priesthood still continues. I want you to think about that now. Right now, there are priests. And before you leave, I want you to understand who those priests are. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I've already got a clue. I am a royal priest. It's me. Now, the Bible tells us that going forward, when the Lord comes back, and obviously in the, in the Word of God, we are, we are told of a time when Satan will be bound, and we recognize that it's a definite time period, and it's a thousand years, it's called a millennium, and the Bible says in that millennium there will be priests also. So not only now, but after the Lord comes back for His bride, the church, there will be priests then. You know who they are? Revelation 20 verse 6, it tells you who they are. Blessed and holy, listen, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. You you know what the first resurrection is, don't you? It's the rapture of the church. Now you say, well, first resurrection, if I'm alive when the Lord comes back, you're also going to be resurrected. You won't be resurrected from the dead. You'll be resurrected from life. You shall be changed. So when the trumpet sounds, the last trump, and the shout, and the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. The Bible says when that happens, that the Lord pronounces these people that have a part of this first resurrection blessed and holy. I'm thankful to be a part of a holy church. This is not pot. Now, I, I will say, I will say that as you listen to, um, to uh, religious teachers and preachers, whether they be uh, on the internet or whether they be on TV, regardless, or they're live streaming their services, there's a lot of folks that are focused on being the blessed people of God. But in Revelation 20 and 6, it says those that take part in the first resurrection are not only blessed. I've heard a lot of this, it's my time to be blessed. Come on, the favor of God is on you. Come on, send $20 and God will turn it into $2,000. you are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed. We all want to bang the blessed drum, but nobody wants to bang the holy drum. We're not only blessed if we're ready for the rapture, we're a holy people. And I believe we ought to not lose that other part of who we are. We're blessed and we're holy. We're set apart unto God. We're not like others. 
Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord if you believe that. I feel Him in this place tonight. I'm glad to be a part of a holy church. I'm glad to be a church where we believe that we ought to be modest, men and women. Not only in our dress, but in our temperament. Uh-oh. Well, I'm not preaching on holiness tonight, but anyway. Blessed and holy. Everybody say blessed and holy. Is he that hath part of the first resurrection on this person, on these people, the second death has no power. You know what the second death is, don't you? The first death is when we die here. The second death is being cast into hell. And the Lord said, if you have part of the first resurrection, you will not taste the second death. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, you're just so pumped you can't hardly hold it. Okay, thank you. You're just tired. I know you, you worked all day. And this is the least of your worries tonight, mate, staying awake through this service. I'm a royal priest. This ought to be the stuff that excites me tonight. But they shall be, look, we're not only holy and blessed and we're, we're immune from the second death, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you may be the mayor. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you may be the president. Hey, now let's talk about this. To the world they are kings, rulers. To Christ they are priests. Listen, to the world during that thousand years you're kings. You need to start acting like it now. Quit living like a beggar, you're a king. Come on now. Well, my goodness. We're going to be kings to the world, rule and reign with Christ, but we are priests unto God. We serve Him. We worship Him. So not only are there priests in the Old Testament, not only is there priests in the church age, there will be priests in the millennial kingdom. And after the millennium, the Bible says there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and that, my friend, is when there will be no more priests. Now, At that time, all of God's children, they'll do nothing but serve Him and worship Him. And so there'll be no need for priests. But I want to talk tonight about God's divine plan. And in that regard, the Bible calls us a kingdom. Everybody say a kingdom of priests. A kingdom of priests. Let's talk about that a minute. When we talk about priests, God chose a certain people and He chose Israel. You remember that don't you? And this is why he delivered Israel from Egypt. He delivered them not just so they could go have a party out in the the desert or just so they could go into a nice land that was flowing with milk and honey. Why did he deliver them from Egypt? Why did he pull them out? They were 430 years in Egypt. Why did he say, I want to bring you out? Well, Exodus 19 tells us. This is Israel at the base of Mount Sinai. Now stay with me. And Moses is, is, and God's people have been brought to the mountain called Sinai. And in Exodus 19 verse 5, the Lord says this, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak to the children of Israel. Now does that passage uh, have any familiarity with it? You shall be a peculiar people. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Well, we just read it in First Peter 2. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. So there's a connection with Exodus 19 and First Peter 2. Yeah. The same words are pronounced over two different groups of people. The first pronouncement was over Israel. And the Lord said, this is why I brought you out of Egypt, is to make you a priest. And not just one or two of you, I want all of you to be priests. Now think about that. I want you to think of why the Lord brought you out of Egypt. I want you to consider for a moment why you are saved. 
Because I believe I pastor people that think they are only saved because their ticket is punched and they're ready for the rapture. That's the only reason they're saved. But God did not save you just to reserve you a seat in heaven. That is what you get. But that's not who you are. You are somebody right now. You are something in this world right now. You're not just waiting on redemption. You've been redeemed. Oh, God has a plan for you. And I tell you what, it's not. It's not sitting at home and making up trouble. You know, I've met some people that I, when I hung up the phone, I thought, they don't have enough to do. They sit at home and make up stuff. They're mad at me. They're upset. They didn't do it. You know what? I An idle mind is somebody's workshop. And it usually ain't God's. It's either mine or the devil's. And sometimes I'm not sure if those two are much different. Mine or the devil. Because my mind can make stuff up. I just want you to know, if I walk in and this light fixture right here has slipped a little bit and is three inches below the rest of them, that bugs me. My mind can start making stuff up. While the singers are singing, I can be thinking, that light needs to be fixed. These people can't worship with that light hanging down like that. Everything should be done decently and in order. I can't believe that light's hanging down further than the rest of them. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he sounds like a wacko. <laughs> Some of you's not sure you want to share that. Look, I, I, am, I am saved for more than just pew sitting. And some people say, well, I don't know if I really need to go to church. You know why they say that? It's because they don't understand why they're saved. If, if all you think salvation is, is every Sunday and Wednesday come and get another shot of something so that you can make it another four days, you're missing the point. God has a plan for you. And in Israel, He said, I'm bringing you out so that you can be a kingdom of priests. Now, you and I know that they didn't become a kingdom of priests, don't you? Were they all priests? Oh, no. No. There was only one group of people that became a priest. You remember how that happened? The Bible tells us they're standing at the foot of, of, of Sinai and when God gets done telling them who He thinks they are, His opinion about them, you're awesome, you're great, you're the apple of my eye, you're all going to be priests. You know what happens after that? God says to Moses, okay, now I want you to leave those people standing around Sinai, I want you to come up here with me and I'm going to give you some words to give them. They were ten chapters, ten commandments. You know what happened, don't you? While Moses was 40 days on the mountaintop, Israel forgot who they were. They forgot what God said about them. And they started acting foolish. They weren't living like priests. God said, I brought you out here to make you a priest. You know what they did? Come on, what did they do? They, 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 built, they built a cow. They, they had a fat cow. They had a cow. God has not said anything in 40 days. I'm about to have a cow. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and God hasn't, I'm about to have a cow. Yes, you are. You're about to lose what God has called you to. You're about to forget what God said you are and who you are. God doesn't change His mind about you. No. And so while Moses Moses is up on Sinai, the Bible says that these children of Israel decide that God has left them and we got to find another God. And so they, they erect a golden calf 
And the Bible says, God says, oh, Moses, those priests down there are not acting like priests now. You better get down from here. And Moses comes barreling down the mountain, and what happens? Well, you wouldn't want to pay a preacher that wouldn't see people like that and get upset now, would you? Come on now. You wouldn't want a preacher to walk down and say, well, fooey, I don't want God's stuff either, so let's all have a party around this big cow we're having. No, you pay that preacher to be upset when you're worshiping the wrong stuff. So it's not entirely bad for somebody to walk up to me and say, Pastor, you you stepped on my toes a little bit tonight. Well, that's good. That's not a bad thing. I feel like I'm doing good. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm a royal priest. Moses said, Moses is upset. He says, what in the world are y'all doing? You're dancing around this golden calf and they're having a party and they're having a feast. They're barbecuing, man. This is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And Moses says, what are you doing? And he says, you know what? It's time to make up your mind. We got to have a dividing line in this church somewhere. And Moses stands up and says, All right, you got one more chance. Who is on the Lord's side? And that's what you need a preacher to do to get in the pulpit and say, Hey, let's quit messing around with it. Who is on the Lord's side? It's time to get your business in order. Are you on God's side or not? And Moses said, let me see everybody that's on the Lord's side. And do you know what happened? There was only one group of people that responded. Eleven tribes sat there and said, I don't know, I'm not sure if I want to make that commitment. Eleven out of twelve. Now that's a revival, isn't it? Preacher preaches and gives an altar call. Twelve people sitting there and eleven of them stay there. And one old soul gets out of the pew. But I want to tell you what, when Moses said, who's on the Lord's side, reveal yourself. Everybody that stood up from that day forward, they were exactly what God said they would be. They were priests. Do you know who responded? It was the tribe of Levi. You know who the priestly Office was given to in the tabernacle. It was the Levites. And God said, every time you have a child, that child will even be a Levite. They'll be a priest. You're going to pass on what I said you would be, what 11 other tribes said they would never be. You believed me. You stood up when it was time to declare your faith. And for that reason, every child born into your family is going to be what I said they would be. They're going to be a priest. I don't know about you, but I want my kids blessed. I want my grandkids blessed. I want my great-grandkids blessed. Oh yes, so I'm not going to go back to what I was. I'm going to be the priest he said I am. Well, clap your hands under the Lord. The priest office was given to the Levites. Listen, did God want every Israelite to be a priest? You just saw it. I brought you out to make you a kingdom of priests. But what God desired for all of Israel was only given to one group of people, the Levites. And from that day forward, there came a distinction between God's people and God's priests. I'm going to say that again. From that very day, when Moses said, whose side are you on? From that day, there was a distinction between who was God's people And who were God's priests? In fact, I'd like to jump to my message tonight and say, in your head, that distinction still exists. There's a group of people that's just the people of God. They go to church, volunteer, give their time, their talent, their money. 
And there's other people that do all the spiritual stuff. Yeah. That system's been dead a long time, but you still think it's alive. Now, should you respect the ministry and the pastor and all that? Yeah, because there is a five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And they're given for a reason. But we're all to be priests. But we have this, this line in our head. Well, that's spiritual stuff. It's like the lady in between the green beans and the cream corn at Walmart who needs healing. And she says, right there, right in front of the green beans. And and I'm sure they're embarrassed to hear it. Right in front of the green beans, she starts spilling all the physical ailments she has. And you're standing there. Oh, well, I'll call the church and we'll, I'll call the pastor and, we'll, and I'll do it well. You know, we're going to be... Pri- Wait, you're the priest. No, you didn't hear me. See, in your head, you're just the people of God. There's only a few people that know how to snap their head and say... The right words, hocus pocus, delamanocus, as my pastor used to say. There's only a few people that carry around that oil bottle in their britches. And they can pull it out at any moment and anoint you with oil. Snap their... You are a priest! No, no, you... you, Yeah, I'm called to pastor you and shepherd you. But what God wanted for Israel was a kingdom of priests. Not one guy doing all the spiritual work. Not two guys doing all the spiritual work. He wants you to be worshipers. He wants you to prophesy. He wants you to talk in tongues. He wants you to preach the gospel. Somebody shout for me the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Wow. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm a royal preacher. The priest office now is separated. There's ordinary people. And priestly people, we get to wear the fancy clothes, mess around with the fire and smell the incense. We just all come to church and you better be glad, preacher, I stayed awake. Yeah, you're right. I'm the priest. I'm doing all this motion up here. And you're just here because you're in that group that's just the people of God. Feed me. Change me. Burp me. I don't know if I took my medication yet or not. I'm teasing. In fact, try this on for size. God's original intention was for all these people to be priests. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's talking to me. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's talking to you. He wants you to be a priest. Now Jesus said it this way, if you do not love the Lord more than you love father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, you can't be my disciple. And we think, oh, that's right. That's the way the preacher ought to be. He ought to not love his family more than he loves God. He ought to move to East Jehunga. If God calls him to Africa, he ought to go. But not me. I'm going to love my kids more than church. Oh, you're not hearing me now. My kids all come in from out of town. We're staying home because I love my kids. Oh, you're not hearing me now. You're a priest. You need to start acting like it. Oh, that's the preacher and that's what he does. That's just the way he lives. No, Jesus said, if you're a disciple, you'll love me more than you love father, mother, wife, children, brother, or sister. That's the facts. 
Now, if you don't want to be a priest, then I, I doubt you're going to have the first resurrection. But I want to be ready for the rapture. He's looking for priests. Not pew sitters, not church goers, not tithe payers. Those things are important. But he made you a priest. Oh, come on, clap your hands under the Lord. Well, Brother Gene, I know what the Bible says, but it don't matter who I'm dating. Come on, you're a royal priest. And you're going, uh uh-oh, God help me. It matters. Now, if you're just a pew sitter, it don't matter who you marry. Because they're not going to care if you just go sit on a pew for two hours. They can stay home and watch football while you sit on a pew for two hours. But now if you're going to be a priest, that's going to be hard to live with. I said that's going to be hard to live with. I mean, you, if you're living with a priest, you may wake up in the middle of the night and they're talking in tongues. You come home intoxicated and stagger in at 2 a.m. and your priest in the house may have the anointing oil anointing the doors going, hikabahakabaho, I rebuke the devil. That's right. You may not be too comfortable in that environment. So much so that Paul said, look, if you're a believer, listen to this. Paul said, if you're a believer and you're married to an unbeliever, if he can't stay there or she can't stay in that environment, you know why he gives us that that condition it's because we're priests we're separated to the Lord I don't understand why you go to church so much I don't know why you pray so much what are you reading over there why do you read that Bible so much why don't you go to the bar with me no you're not hearing me you're a priest and that's why Paul said believers are going to live so much different than unbelievers It may cause division even in a marriage. Uh Uh-oh. My goodness, I got to move. I got stuck here in this part of my sermon. My iPad says I'm 34% through. Brother Gary's raising his eyebrows, Judy. Okay. I tell you what, the last 66%, let's go real quick. Jesus Christ wanted Israel to be priests, all of them. But you know what? They couldn't pay the price. It's much easier just to be a child of God than it is to be a priest unto God. And there's some people that's comfortable with that comfort. Nothing's expected of me. I just go to church. But you're living below what God wants you to be. He's called you to be a priest. Well, Brother Gene, I feel odd praying for somebody. Why? Do you pray? Do you love Jesus? Does he love you? Are you a child of God? Can you talk to him? That's prayer. Well, I may not say it right. How do you say, God help this man? I mean, do we need a class on what to say when you pray? Okay, somebody said, I'm sick. You say, God heal this man. That's as simple as it gets. Everybody okay? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, oh me. God's priests belonged to one family. In all other tribes, God's people could not be God's priest. In the tribe of Levi, God's people were also God's priests. God came and spoke to His people through the priest. And man approached God through the priest. You know what? The preacher went in to that holy place and saw that glory. And oh, he had visions. And man, there was incredible. There was smoke and fire. And the preacher got all that. We just go to church. Sleep. This made the priest very important, didn't it? 
Think about it. It makes the priests very important because they're in there with the fire and the smoke and everybody else is just kind of sitting around a campfire. Well, when he gets done with God, he'll come out here and tell us what God said. You know what? I believe that that division in your head about God's people and God's priest is not only in your head by accident. I believe sometimes priests perpetrate it. It's pretty heady stuff to be the most spiritual person around, isn't it? I mean, think about it. If you've got to come to me to get your prayers answered, I mean... It doesn't take long to be an egomaniac. I'm important around here. I say when we pray. I say how we pray. Don't pray for nobody without calling me first. You see now that it's not just the people. Sometimes the priest perpetrated it because now they're in this. Oh my. Brother Dale's rubbing his head now. You mean to tell me not just the preachers having all the visions and the dreams and when somebody talks in tongues, we wait for the preacher to interpret because he's the priest. Oh, I'm preaching right up your alley tonight. Yeah, I am. Because I believe revival is coming. I believe revival's here. I feel it in this place. And I tell you what I know. I know there's no way I can be the priest for everybody that wants, God wants to bring in this church. I know there's no way that one or two or three or four or ten people can carry the spiritual load that happens when revival comes in a congregation. We're going to need every one of you to be what God said you are. You're a priest. Start paying your bills. Get to church. Come to prayer meeting. Teach your Sunday school class. Drive a bus. Oh, come on, somebody clap. Amen. That arrangement. Big guy up here with two pistols. I'm the leader. You're laughing because you've been in those kind of churches. I'm the leader. You go to the bathroom when I say you can go to the bathroom. Nobody can baptize anybody but me. These hands are the only hands that can get wet. Baptizing somebody, you can't handle that water. I'm just being plain out honest with you. Every one of us are called to be priests. Look at this, 1 Peter 2 and 5. Ye also, everybody say me also. Let's don't get KJV, that ye stuff. Let's make it more... Uh, uh, S-I-V, Southern Illinois vernacular. <laughs> Everybody say, instead of ye also, say me also. Me also, as lively stones are built up a spiritual, everybody say this is a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice. You are supposed to worship God because you are a priest. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Do you remember what happened to a big daddy priest when he didn't function the way God wanted him to? When he walked in that tabernacle and he wasn't pure or he didn't have the right garment on or he didn't worship or he offered strange... Do you remember? Yeah. You know what? He died. Now you know why you don't feel anything in church. Because you're supposed to be a priest. But you're not functioning as a priest. I want to tell you right now, there's many times I've come to church, I didn't feel like worshiping God either. I wanted to sit like, I wanted to sit like some of you. In fact, I've been in services. I thought, you know, I'm going to sit like so-and-so tonight. You've made that much of an impression on me. I'm going to do what they do tonight. I'm going to go in and out four or five times. I'm going to balance my checkbook. And I'm going to look at my phone while he's preaching. But you know what? When I got in the house of the Lord and I started worshiping, I didn't feel like it. Something started happening. I realized, man, why do I want to mess with my phone when I'm in the presence of the king and I'm his priest? Man. 
Everybody say this is a spiritual house. Everybody say this is a holy priesthood. And we're to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Yes, we are. What he said. We've been redeemed and saved to be God's priest. And what the Israelites lost. Come on, Sister Sherry. Just Sister Sherry's fine. What the Israelites lost, the church has. The church is now a kingdom of priests. Revelation 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. You know who the kings of the earth are, don't you? That's not, that's not Trump. Turn to neighbor and tell him that's me. We are the kings and the priests. He said he is the prince of the kings of the earth. Look at that. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I owe him so much. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. That's what he says I am. I am a royal priest. So what does that mean? All who are saved by the grace of God have only one profession. Oh great, you know what, since I'm a priest, put me on the payroll preacher and I'm going to quit my job. Listen, that's a fact. You have one profession and that is to serve God. See, before a man is saved, he may be a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, or a business owner. But after he's saved, his vocation changes. He's no longer just a doctor. He's serving God as a doctor. Well, I'm just a widget maker. I make backup lights and NAL. Well, you know what? It's time to change professions. Not quit your job, but realize I'm a priest making backup lights at NAL. Before man wishes to distinguish himself in his career, to be an outstanding person in his profession before a man saved. He wants to be the best lawyer. He wants to be the best doctor. But now that he is saved, his profession now is used to serve the Lord, not himself. He now is a priest. He's not just a doctor on Monday through Saturday and on Sunday he's a Christian. No, he's a priest every day. Most think that, that that means giving up a portion of their time, giving up a portion of their money, or giving up uh, their position, or, or volunteering for this. I want to tell you right now, I want to tell you right now, God needs more than your money. This church is a giving church. I, I, I won't tell you what I dreamed last night, because you'll say, well, that, you're supposed to, you're the preacher. I won't tell you what I dreamed last night about the financial blessing that God's fixing to put on this church. Some of you have had those dreams as well. But God needs more than your money. He needs more than you to, to, than just to volunteer another few hours at church. He needs more than your influence. Well, I'm a pillar in the church and I kind of am an... He needs more than that. He needs you to be a priest. He needs more than your church attendance, than your lifestyle of modesty. He needs more than you just say, look at what I wear. He needs you to realize that you are His ambassador. I'm not just the only ambassador. There are a bunch of ambassadors running around Salem every day. This world, Brother Kyle, yes, last one. This, this city should be upside down by now. As many ambassadors as are in this room. To serve God is man's honor. For God to allow me to be a priest is amazing. Unworthy as I am, I can be a part of what God's doing by being a priest. It began in idolatry. It continues in idolatry. We can observe remnants of this kind of thinking. A certain group of people will serve God and take care of the spiritual things and the rest of us just go to work and go to church and sit there and listen to them. It can be pretty awesome stuff to an egomaniac. But I want to tell you something. 
God's called every one of you to be a priest. Make no mistake about it. The under-shepherd, your pastor. The great shepherd says you are a priest. The under-shepherd believes you are a priest. Now I need you to believe it. There was a little difficulty in this concept in the first three centuries of the church. Stay with me. I promise I'll have you out in just a second. Listen, the first three centuries of the church, from the, the falling of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts to the third century, there wasn't any conflict about this. You found people who had to move because of persecution and when they moved to a new city, you know what? They didn't go before the, Lord, the board to get a license. They started a church. In the first three centuries, they blew the world upside down because every one of them realized, I'm a child of God. I'm a priest. But you know what? In the fourth century, man, it went haywire. Christianity in the first three centuries was exploding. People were being persecuted. Many were killed. Millions were killed. But then all of a sudden, Christianity became popular. You know why? The Roman ruler said, you know what? I've been against Christianity all these years. And he was killing them by the truckloads. And all of a sudden, Constantine says, you know what? I think I'll be a Christian. You know what? Christianity all of a sudden became popular. Uh-oh. You ever wonder why there's 37 churches in this town? Christianity is popular. The number of God's people increased, but the number of priests no, they didn't increase. All of a sudden, it was popular to go to church. All of a sudden, your business would do better if you went to church. All of a sudden, everybody that was anybody went to church. But you know what? The priest diminished. You know why? Because now it's just about Christianity, going to church, being a part of the social club, and the priesthood died. God wants you to realize who you are. It's possible to mingle in a crowd. Listen, it's possible to mingle in a crowd as a Christian and nobody know it. But it's not possible to mingle in a crowd as a priest. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about while you're playing whatever you're playing on your phone or while you're watching whatever you're watching on your Netflix and nobody's there. I want you to think about what you would, how you would respond in your head if you said, Pastor walked in the door. And you go, oh, oh, I turned that off. Well, that's my point. I'm not the only priest here. You need to be a priest to yourself. There's not enough of me to run around and sneak up on you watching Netflix. You're a priest. And it's easy to mingle with the crowd if you're just a Christian. You know what? The bar's going to be full of Christians this Saturday night. No, you're not hearing me. There won't be any priests there, but there'll be a lot of churchgoers there. That's the truth. God's called you to be a priest. In the fourth century, there came into the church people who were partial believers with worldly power. They had no intention of serving God, so there arose those who handled the spiritual stuff and everybody else just made it popular. In the first century, everybody served. Everybody served. But by the fourth century, there were those who handled the spiritual stuff. And there were those who provided the power, the money, the influence. Listen, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Does he need your money? No. But he needs to see your money doesn't have you. God wants you to realize that you are his child. We are his people. Because you are his child, you are his priest. Everybody say, I'm a royal priest. And if we are all priests, then all of us will be serving the Lord. I want you to think about that. Think about you being a priest. Think about it. That concept you have in your head, give me five minutes. That concept you have in your head of the priest walking into the Holy of Holies. Think about it. How would you feel if you 
were walking in that 10 foot by 10 foot room with the ark in front of it and you were the one that had to walk in there. Give me some of your emotions. Yeah. First word I heard was fear. You know why? Because we don't see ourselves. We don't see ourselves as priests. Those guys had to be scared to death to walk in under the power of God. That had to be a special people. That had to be an incredible anointing. Nobody could do that but Him. Oh no, God's called you to be priests. Oh God, help us to get a hold of this tonight. Think about it. Priesthood was a glorious thing. In fact, God told the priest to draw near without fear of death. Only the priest could enter. Anybody else would die. We should realize that we have been given a great privilege to be saved and receive forgiveness is wonderful. But that's not all He wants to do with you. You need to accept that God has made you a priest. When you walk out these doors, you're to be a world changer. You ought to change the environment. Come on. So, I close. I got four minutes, man. I've got plenty of time. I'm I'm 92% done. God's kingdom comes when we all serve Him. God called Israel to be priests, all of them, a kingdom of priests. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to show his kingdom power in that people. And this is what he desires for us today. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, come on, help me, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Wait, thy kingdom come. Oh, we say, well, yeah, it's coming. One of these. Jesus said, no, when you pray, pray, thy kingdom come. You know how the kingdom comes here? Is you be what God called you to be. You be a priest. And His kingdom comes right here. This church is blessed. This church will have growth and anointing when we are the priests God called us to be. So let me close with this. These few thoughts. If we're talking about God's plan for your life, but I say God's plan. Let me ask you something. What purpose do you feel like God has for you? Hold on. Don't answer it out loud. What is God's purpose for your life? Think deeply. Why did God put you here? In fact, I'd like for you to do something with me right now. I'd like you to slice your life open right now. If you could, just take a saw and just slice it right open right now. How much serving is there for God in there? And how much serving is there for you? Slice it open. How much of your life revolves around you and your interest? And how much of God is in that slice? Dissect your life right now. And how much of God is there? Oh, take out Sunday church. Take out Wednesday church. How much of God is in that slice? And you're a priest. How much serving are you involved in? I want to ask you that, church. How much serving are you involved in? Well, Brother Gene, I don't have anything to do. Buddy, let me tell you something. In this church right now, there are so many resources. The sky's the limit. I mean, I don't know if (laughs) there's ministry for every age group. There's ministry in every station of life. You know what? I'm 55. I'm not getting any younger. But you know what? When I get 75, I hope I still realize I'm just a real old priest. That I realize my ministry's not over. When nobody's calling me to come preach anymore, I hope I don't get depressed and say, Well, I don't have a ministry anymore. Really? Because you're not preaching to somebody, you don't have anything to do. You're a priest. I hope when I'm 75, and I may not even have the strength in my legs to stand up. But maybe I can type an email. I mean, that's real out of the box, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe I can type an email. And every day to a different missionary, I'm praying for you today. I think 
I, I got your picture up on my computer. I learned the names of your kids, and I'm interceding for you today. Oh, I don't have anything to do, preacher. You know what? Have you ever thought that there's four aisles of cards in Walmart? There's get well. There's congratulations on your first baby. There's happy birthday. There's happy anniversary. There's thinking of you. And the list goes on and on. Have you ever thought, since you don't have anything to do, and now you're not a priest anymore, that you could get a box of cards and just every day. Oh no, no, that, that's the preacher stuff. I'm going to work tomorrow. I'll leave all that to you. That's what I'm talking about. You're a priest. I sure wish my preacher would come talk to my neighbor. He needs a Bible study. We got a stack. They are stacked up beside my, my bookshelf in my office. And, and they're about that thick. Teacher's manuals and Bible study material. Oh, I wish somebody would teach a Bible study to them. Yeah, me too. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm a royal priest. Physical needs. There are people in this room that have physical needs. There are people in the hospital. There are people that can't come to church because of their physical condition. There are sick people. Well, Brother Gene, I, listen, I'm not asking you to do all that, but, but maybe slice your life and say, you know what, I'm going to take one thing out that's for me, and I'm going to put one thing in that's for God. I'm going to be a little more of a priest than I've been in the past. In fact, let Sister Lynn, would you give me a high five here tonight? I can't tell you how many times she comes up to me after service and said, I wanted to give you a high five tonight. She didn't feel like it this service. I felt like giving her one. Listen now. Listen. Oh, it's after 8.30. But hang on. Let me, let, me, let me say this to you. As your pastor, as your shepherd, when I dissect the church, you know what I, I have? The reason pastor is preaching this tonight, I'm going to tell you why, is because when I dissect this church, when I cut through this church right now, you want to know what I see? I see a lot of us volunteering our time and effort for stuff that we like. Stuff that benefits us and my little, my little group. But I want to tell you something. You know, you, do you want to know where the hardest place right now to get people to volunteer in this church is? Do you want to know where it's at? The hardest place. The place where we have the hardest to get personnel. Do you want to know where it is? You want to take a gander? It's anything to do with reaching out. Now you say, well, wait a minute, Brother Gene. I reach. No, I'm not talking about everybody. I'm just saying when you slice this, this, this church, we're all about, well, I, we like fellowship. We like to hang out and eat that barbecue. But you know what? We have to pull teeth to get people help somebody we don't know I'm a priest I'm a priest and it's not about me I'm not here tonight for the preacher to feed me I am the preacher I got to get some feeding on my own I mean who's going to feed me God is that's right and who's going to feed you God. in fact the Bible says there'll come a day when you don't need anybody to teach you uh oh we can't teach that you don't hear that preaching at conference do you no, because that ensures us a losing a job opportunity. I don't need the preacher anymore. No, that's, it's a maturity factor. You come to a place where you say, you know what, God's leading me. Yeah, I need a shepherd that, that tells me what the Spirit's saying to the church. But this is not the extent of my spiritual journey on Sunday and Wednesday. I'm a priest. I'm worshiping Him every day. I'm too busy. Think about what you're busy with. You know what? When I look at my life, I'm busy with me. I'm busy with me. Let's stand together. In fact, let's do it quietly. 
I want to open the altar right now for just saints of God that say, you know what, this has challenged me tonight. I want to be a priest. I want to be a minister unto the Lord in this last hour. Come on right now, all across the building. Make your way up to the front or just get out in the aisle. We're going to change our position. I know you don't have to, but because we're changing our mindset, we're going to change our position. We're going to move out of our seat and we're going to make our way up to the front with the family of God. And as we close this Wednesday night, we're going to say, God, you have made me a priest. Help me to understand this. Well, well, Brother Gene, who's on the ministry staff? All of you are. Brother Gene, who's the prick? You are. Brother Gene, who's the minister? You are. You are. Come on, right now, pray. Lord, help me to receive right now what you've said to me.